0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dialogue to Destiny. Our goal is to engage in discussions that lead to personal and systematic change. These conversations can broach subjects that some may find offensive. It is not the intent of Dialogue to Destiny to in any way offend. Our intent is to encourage open dialogue so that collectively we can all move forward. We've been dead. For way too long But now they saying we are equal Then I'm the one that's wrong From trying to wake up all my people Speaking facts about the system How the wicked is ruling But now the mice is on It's time for us to do the schooling Tell the whole truth Salute This knowledge is 100 percent Politicking in a cypher Breaking bread with my constituents We melanated and all
1: hated Let's just keep it real Sharing from the mind every time hey. That's how we truly feel Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Dialogue to Destiny. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the issue of climate change and its impact on um, the world and with an emphasis on uh, its impact on the poor and minority communities around the world. And joining us in this conversation is going to be my son Wesley. Uh, Wesley has a uh, degree in environmental science, policy and management, he attended the University of Minnesota after uh, uh, spending one year down at uh, HBCU Alabama A&M in Huntsville, Alabama. So um, we're going to uh, bring Wesley on to kind of let you let everybody know what it is that he uh, wants to discuss today and why he chose to, uh, to become a scientist for a profession.
2: Well, thank you, Dad, for the bi- introduction, bio. And (laughs) Steve as well Right on right on. So uh, yeah first and foremost I chose uh, environmental science Actually I started uh, Alabama Like my dad mentioned I was a civil engineer major But I knew beforehand uh, that even with civil engineer I wanted to move towards more environmental engineer Because I had these uh, visions and stuff Of building like land bridges for migratory animals And uh, really into sustainable development so the engineering thing, I just really wasn't, uh, I don't know if I really wasn't feeling it, but I didn't really like math too much. So I came back to the University of Minnesota and uh, majored in environmental science because I was pretty much the only major that was uh, like directed into my interests. And with that, um, yeah, it was just, um, I guess, looking to the scientific aspect more and um like a lot of laboratory work and just uh policy work so we did uh work in the city uh sector um and different things like that just to better uh the community and stuff locally but um so we're gonna i'm gonna talk mainly about like global warming and versus climate change because i know there's a lot of skeptics on uh, global warming saying that it's a myth and um that the earth has always been going through fluctuations and changing and that even uh, carbon dioxide emissions are good and healthy for the planet and um, that this warming thing is just a natural phenomenon. And then we're also gonna talk more about um, the, um, I guess the negative impacts or just the impacts in general of climate change um, that, you had, that we have that is on you and on the community. Because a lot of people, they feel like, well, it doesn't affect me. It's, 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 that's something only polar bears deal with. I'm not living in the North Pole, but it affects everybody. And then we're going to talk about uh, carbon footprints and um, the civics, like the governmental aspect, uh, including like the Paris Climate Agreement. And um, is good. Is it like is bringing jobs, keeping jobs, I guess, in America. I'll just use America, like coal mining, fracking and stuff. Is that good, or should we move towards more of like, um, I guess like more cli- like climate friendly jobs and uh, sustainable development? And then, uh, yeah, we'll talk just just dialogue around that and environmental health and inner city communities. So, yeah, let's get to it. All right. So, um, I guess, yeah, we can touch based on the climate change and global warming. So, I know a lot of people, um, yeah, they say, like, man, global warming. I mean, we had the Ice Age. We, it's been changing up and down for, for millennia. And since the Earth began, we, uh, the Earth's been warming and things like that. And I can say, which is true, the Earth does go through, um, through different phases. It's just natural, the Ice Age period and stuff like that, um, because the Earth knows what it needs to do to heal and things like that, and to also replenish and stuff. And Even with natural disasters like volcanoes, eruptions, and stuff, that's not bad, that's a naturally occurrence and things. But the thing about it is that global warming is, um, the reason it's an issue now is because human factors have pretty much like impacted, like accelerated what's already been occurring. And so, I'll touch base. So, the difference between climate change and global warming is that global warming that's just a general. Um, increasing global temperatures, while climate change is uh, is increasing like different factors of the temperature, like precipitation, weather, different things like that. And we can see a trend um, that's been increasing in both those aspects since the 1870s. Now, what's been going on since the late 1870s? That's the Industrial Revolution. Revolution. We had uh, the four motor companies starting up. We had a lot of railroad uh Implementation, logging, and all that type of stuff. So it's just natural with all that those environmental changes and impacts. There's gonna be some some type of environmental temperature changes, fluctuations. I mean, that's just uh, it's just common sense. And then um, it really spikes. Um, in the 1940s, 50s, what well, was around that time, the World War II, uh, the baby boomers started to come apart, and then America really started uh, to like prosper, produce um, mechanically, and different things like that. We were entering into a new like technological age. And since the 70s and 80s, it's been just slowly increasing, like um, uh, in that like hyperbole state. But the thing about it is that a lot of people say, well, it's not going up like 20 or 30 degrees, but it's like even just a small difference, like 0.1 Celsius or whatever, like a half a degree Fahrenheit or whatever like that, that can cause significant changes, seasonal and temperature-wise as well. So, I mean, you guys have any? So what what I heard what you
0: say about the industrial age of the 19th century, And then you mentioned the railroads and the logging and the three of them, how they go together. I never thought of that that before, that the trees that they're cutting down help cleanse and produce oxygen in the air, but you're cutting them down. It also helps stabilize the soil so you don't have mass, you know, soil erosion, which, you know, hence to the the landslides that they have in California on the West Coast because of all the deforestation. All right. And for people not... You know, for me, for people that think it's a hoax or a myth, it's just unbelievable. Look how much carbon in the last 200 years that we've produced. In the last 200 years, it's probably exceeded the last 2 million years prior to that. You know, before that, you know, what we've done in the last 200 years. I have a car. My wife has a car. The kids each have a car, man. That is a lot of pollutants a lot of pollutants and then there was clarity that you added to the difference between global warming and climate change I'm looking at the two they go hand in hand but I'm looking at as you know let's say Siamese Mm -hmm. twins that are really connected at the hip conjoined twins that are connected to hip but they're two different individuals is what I'm hearing where the climate change I can see Comes to this, this, this uh, influx of hurricanes yeah, and monsoons so, yeah. and things that we have around here, <laughs> yeah. where the global warming is the emissions uh-huh. that change the temperature, that causes. Am I am I following you right? Yeah, that so, causes the climate yeah, change. Yeah. So, Hence, this spike of cold weather going down into. I mean, ridiculously cold weather going down into Texas and into right. the mean, south. Yeah, that shows
2: you right there, right? right yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's snow, see, it's snowing climate, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. It's see, like, I see mean, that's climate on, change. Now,
0: yeah. That's climate change,
2: and that's why I tell people that don't believe. It's like, dude, just. Okay, like go, go. If you go to a little state park or you go to like, uh, you walk around like a little nature trail or something, just take notes. Like each year, if you go there frequently, just each year, like, uh, measure the water level or something like that, and, and just notice the difference in the community. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, I haven't been around that long, but it's like, Dude, when I was little, it's like this winter seasons here in Minnesota was consistent from that I that I observed. It was like okay, like I know around like Thanksgiving or something, the snow first snowfall is gonna hit. It's gonna last to probably like early mid March at the latest, like early April. But now it's like like that one year snow to like May. I'm like, how is it snowing in May? And then it's like April mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, spring we don't even have a spring season anymore. It's like three weeks. And then it's like uh and sometimes it's like delayed. What was it? This year it was like I don't know. This year was it? This year, or last year, it started snowing like in December, Christmas time, or right? So it's t- like it's like the the seasonal it's it's, it's kind of all over the place, and even what uh even just like the creeks and stuff I visited, um, it's like I noticed the change in water level. Like me and my dad and my other brother, we go walking towards uh <laughs> we go walking around this one little lake. And uh, I noticed the first times we started walking around, there's like this little creek and it usually be full. But now it's like it's it's dry or there's just like a little uh, like a little sheet of water. And I'm like this. Uh, so you can you just notice in your community. And um, but I do think the only thing I probably agree with with people that say well, it's, it's a it's a hoax and stuff is that I do feel like a lot of times um, it's like romanticized and exaggerated. Even with like deforestation, 'cause you got people from like back in like the 70s and 80s, they'd be on interviews stuff, so be like, "Oh yeah, see, we if we're by 2000 or 2005, if we keep up the trend, we're gonna lose all our rainforest in the Amazon, or we're losing millions and millions of acres a year." Uh, of this or uh if we keep if we don't turn things around by twenty ten or twenty fifteen the whole world would be uh completely changed because global warming will be this high. And it's like, dude, listening to that, we have no rainforest by now or the world would just be in doom because of the trend you some of these scientists or some people are saying. So I can kind of see that aspect. It's almost there's also aspect of like a doom and gloom and like people uh, people looking at it like um, kind of want, making it seem like it's like the pressure so tight and stuff, but it. I mean, there is pressure, but I, I think this, is, in some cases, exaggerated.
1: Well, when you hear scientists throw out predictions like that, though, what they're what they're throwing out is predictions that say, hey, if there, if, if if humans don't change their behavior, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is where where things might go. I mean, you can look at you can look at uh, like the last. This last decade, uh, from you know, twenty from 2010 to 2020, was the hottest decade on
2: record. Yeah, 2019. You know? I think. And in the last year.
1: five years, were the hottest five years on record. So when you when you factor that kind of stuff in, I mean, it like you said before, you know, one degree, a half degree, two degree, two degrees is almost catastrophic. You know, a lot of people, you know, feel like like they, you know, this doesn't like you said, it doesn't affect them or, or they don't really seem to care about it. But there's not one human being on this planet that's not affected by climate change, whether they believe it or not. I mean, you get cities like Miami and like Los Angeles and all these places that become underwater that condenses the whole population of the United States. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, everybody's everybody's squeezing in, you know. So a lot of these people that that think that they live in rural areas today, you know, you know, things may not may not stay rural for them. Yep,
0: The populace will grow,
1: you know, and, um, you know, like even with uh, with something like like bees, you know, bee, the bee population has dropped considerably in this country because the climate change, the, the climate in the southern part of the United States is so hot that it kills off. I, I forget the number, but there's a certain percentage of beehives that die out every year because of the excessive heat. And then in the, in the north, if it's, if it's too cold, the bees just pretty much go dormant. And bees are responsible for thirty-five for pollinating and and helping to 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 make it possible for the, for thirty-five percent of the crops in this country to 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 grow, you know. So if we don't have bees, we don't have things like almonds. We don't have a lot of the things that we that we just take for granted today. So I mean, so whether you believe it or not, climate change affects everybody on this planet.
2: And that goes into uh, just the negative impact side that we're talk about too um just not with honeybees yeah the honeybees that impacts a whole little food industry and uh no more honey bunches of oats and stuff no more so but uh i mean not just looking at that but we got coral bleaching you see what the coral reefs do for the ocean system that's destroyed you lose all that biodiversity which affects the sharks the whales the plantation and all that and uh, so, no more finding Nemo, yep. and th- <laughs> and then you got uh, even here in the north. Uh, Northern United States, uh, we got a zebra mussel invasive species. So you got invasive species coming in because now they're adapting to a new climate and they're pushing out the native species and stuff like that. So you got zebra mussels that are coming into these lakes, which are straining the water and uh, pretty much like overcrowding and killing like native fishes and stuff like that. And then that don't even add to the fact that a lot of these people that be fishing out here be overfishing. And that's why people, they be, well, well, why is the DNR, why are people checking for licenses and stuff? Because they try to make sure you ain't, I mean, hurting the system, eco, the lake system. But um, you got that, and you got even uh, plants, invasive species as well. We have European buckthorn here, and they grow, you guys might see them, they're even in the uh, local cities and stuff too. They had like spikes on them, so they they pretty much create like a fence. And they like chain and and lock together and they like pretty much suffocate uh, the forest and anything that's trying to grow up like trees and plants. They can't even grow because you got this this uh, species that just came in, which are brought from Europe, but also invasive because of climate change. Um, It affects the native plants as well. So that's that's one aspect of it.
0: I, I see that that invasive species and plant life thing going around and, and and a lot of it was done intentionally just like the Asian carps that they have here the jumping carts they brought brought those fishes in here to stimulate the game fishing not necessarily for eating just so you can have fun and now they're taking over people are getting hurt from these jumping carts and stuff and getting knocked out of boats and stuff man I mean and that goes to people that wanted the exotic pets that they couldn't take care of now you have all these pythons and boas and stuff that are going through, going through Florida, messing things up. Uh, the what is it? The the nitria, the little animal or rodent that they're starting to eat down in Louisiana. The one that's undermining the 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 levees and stuff. You know. With that being said, man, it's that we have to be very conscious of the ecosystem or environment that we are in, and then the continent or continent or location that we're in. You know. With that being said, there were some other things that you had mentioned about the mining. Oh, yeah. the fracking, the drilling, the <laughs> energy-stealing folks that are out there, man. And and it's all about employment. See, I don't see these areas that were mentioned that it seems like big politics and big money want to hang on to the mining, the fracking, and those things that have been previously mentioned. Uh, they hold on to those, but I don't see those jobs growing. I see those jobs being specialized and money going towards the top and not trickling down, mm-hmm. to use the metaphor. And I'm just really hoping from what I've heard and what I voted for as far as Biden and the renewable energy that it creates the jobs that I think that it will. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to shore up these buildings, I think this takes place its part in the global warming mm-hmm. and creating the jobs, The renewable, sustainable energy that you're speaking of, whether it's water, solar, you know, uh, let's say plug electricity. And when I say plug electricity, I'm talking battery power. So I use a little to get a lot, I use a little electricity to get a lot of battery power, okay? yeah. But with that, the wind and stuff, the wind, the water, you know, the solar, and pluggable power. That's it. I mean, I see this, these, as we get these things off the ground and get them in motion and bring them from paper to vision I see job creation there where I'm not seeing it in these other places that uh, want this harvested energy if I may use you know just to draw a difference between the two uh, uh, I see the industry being com- becoming more fine line streamlined and fewer getting paid but we are paying more for these things. How do we flip that chip, uh, flip the sh- switch to the sustainable renewable?
2: Well, I think the Paris climate that Biden is doing is, I think that's one step internationally for the government. And also, uh, I guess, educating and informing the uh, community, maybe having seminars and uh, having different experts come out and different planning. Like we here, we got that, uh, I mentioned before. It's called the Upper Harbor Terminal, but different cities and stuff having, and it's just like uh, figuring out uh, committee, figuring out how they can use the land and uh, land management and stuff like that, and so creating sustainable development that way based off of what you know, um, like smart cities, and then even with your home homeowners getting a uh, smart smart thermostats, try to invest in solar panels for you, and solar panels are really good. I mean, that's just like it works just like a phone. You charge it up when you're not using it. And then once you use it, it don't even. I mean, it might go down like 80 percent, 85 percent during the day, and then you just charge it up at night and stuff. So homeowners, uh, informing and educating yourself on solar panels, smart uh, smart thermostats, uh, even they got smart windows now. I mean, you can change your whole house to a smart, like a smart uh, house.
0: I've heard of some people that get into this solar energy and the wind power yeah. that they're able to <clears throat> sell energy back yeah. to the power yeah. plants and stuff. If let's just say we had a creative ideal or a collective here in our community that could put together an area that's unused, or let's say a part of town that is an eyesore, let's say where we got a lot of grain elevators or, 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 or um, Metal recycling plants or something like that. Why can't we take advantage of something that's not very appealing to the eye, man, and just like plaster the one side of it or the top of it full of solar panels? Maybe put up a few wind turbines or something like that or a water wheel in the river that's running by it and create energy in spaces that are there that are underutilized, in my opinion, to create an energy bank. We're now not only we able to uh, supply energy to our community, we can start selling energy back to the community. I mean, back to the power plants to bring those resources in in money back into our community. So now we're not looking for the handout. Yeah, you, <laughs> you see you, what I'm yeah, saying? We, right, we're creating. I want us to be sustainable as the energy that we're trying to provide yeah. and trying to sell. Right. Self-sustaining, renewable yeah. energy within the community. Yeah, but How do we do it? It's,
2: it's growing too. I mean, you can make energy out of anything, anything, any kinetic energy that moves and stuff like that. Which and that's that's a good point. Uh, you utilizing roof space, even green spaces. You can grow food anywhere on your walls. That's vertical uh, aquaponics. All that, so mm-hmm.
1: well, I mean, the only way we're going to be able to really get to the
2: point where we make the changes you're talking about is
1: we're going to have to have the uh, you know pretty much silence the other political party who's serving their interests and in, in their you know the people that are investing in their in their you know position, you know, which is the 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 coal and oil um companies. I mean, you know, until we get to a point where where you have the majority of people in this country that accept. That you know that this country is going in the wrong direction. I mean, they are making improvements, you know. But um, you know, until we get to the place where where we understand that 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 we're gonna have to make changes. I mean, I got a guy that I used to work with. You know, he just sent me a message the other day mocking climate change because it was cold here and down in Texas. You know, he, he's you know he's just he's so simple minded when it comes to this stuff that that he he doesn't even understand. There's a reason why. The storms where we're having way more storms, you know, catastrophic storms than we've ever had. There's a reason why we're having larger forest fires out in, out in the West than we've ever had in this country. You know, I mean, you know, so so people can continue to, to say that, you know, that, that and be in denial. But until we get until we get to a point where 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 we have the vast majority of people in this country that wants to vote in a way that puts people that are are, are, are sympathetic to climate change and, under, and have an understanding of climate change, I don't, I just, I don't see how, how we're going to see these changes.
2: Oh, I'll just say, are you, are you, what, how do you feel about the uh, coal mining and like the traditional jobs, keeping it here? Like, Republic, you think it's good or bad? Or well, what? I
1: mean, I'm a person that believes, and sometimes in order to take a step forward, you have to take a step back you know i mean you know you can't you you can't sit there and and i mean everything that we've done in this in this country or probably even in the world has been done because because a sacrifice was made i mean you can't you can't expect that 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 yeah that that there's you know millions and millions of people that are going to continue to keep their job in in the oil and coal industry and um and, and we're going to have these changes. They have to buy into this prospect that, hey, your job, you're still going to have a job, but your job is going to change to something that, that, that's renewable. I mean, we have something like the sun and wind that, that, that's provided consistently, naturally, you know, that, that, that we don't even have to. We don't have to sit there and stick a straw into the earth's crust and continue to and continue to pull oil out of the earth's crust or or go into these into these coal mines and, and, and do that dirty work. You know, we have to, we have to, we have to look at, at and, and and actually get people to buy in to this thing. But like I said, when you have politicians in Washington that that will will do everything they can to 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 not let the oil and, and coal industries go, I we're, You know, it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to make these changes.
0: Um, I I agree with you to a certain extent. You know that you do sometimes have to take a step back in order to take a few forward. But we've known for decades, generations now, what mining does as far as health, as far as the black lung. We know what it does to the environment as far as the playground where the kids have to play at and where they go to school. Because usually that's where we build the playground and we build the school is where the most contaminated place is or we, put, uh, we mm-hmm. build public housing in those areas. Just because of the runoff from those types of, uh, those types of jobs how it pollutes and contaminates everything around. So not only is the person working in the mine and the generations that are working in the mine after that, the generations that are born to those communities suffer long afterwards. You have areas like, and I want to say in the state of uh, Pennsylvania, where there's whole cities that are shut down because irresponsible management of a mine has them burning underneath mm-hmm. the ground for years and toxic gases and fumes coming up. So I see this as a point, and I'm gonna try to make a tie-in uh, tie from Mr. Greedy to Mr. Green, if I can. Okay, Green being, you know, those people that would like these green footprints and stuff, or you know, less carbon in the air. When we have that mining scenario or situation that I just, you know, tried to lay out or roll out, it affects everything around there. With that, it becomes harder to grow and farm in these areas. Every time I pick up a package now, it's organic or non-GMO. We are putting ourselves in with and to add a layer in there what you said to try to really bring it home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The earth is shrinking, or our land space is shrinking, and people will start be, will start living on top of one another, which doesn't leave much room for growing stuff. With that being said, if you want non-GMO food, it's starting to become impossible. Because the plant will have to be genetically modified in order to grow in low-nutrient soil, Mm -hmm. very hot, dry climates, or places that are getting a lack of, uh, of, of moisture, a lack of precipitation every year. The plant, in order to feed us is going to have to be genetically modified in order to exist or it'll go the way of many other plants that we used to have different uh, strands of corn and whatnot different strands of wheat, barley, millet Uh, that is going to change that is going to you'll be forced to eat the genetically modified food when you have the plant based meats that there changes as well because the plant is genetically modified to make the mock meat So somewhere along the line, these two, Mr. Greedy and Mr. Green, are going to have to sit down and have a healthy dialogue and a less competitive dialogue about who is right. But what will we do to make things right? It's not us that exist in this plane at this time now and probably not 20 or 30 years from now. But we certainly have to start thinking about everybody 50, 60, 70 years from now. We have to. Otherwise, we leave. We let the problem that we couldn't get our hands around be get, grow to a point where nobody can get his hands around it. And we are at the prime time with the right information with the right education to do the hard things now to make the change, to, d- to leave a different footprint than what we are doing at this point in time.
1: What was the first thing that the governor of Texas said, did or said right after, you know, that, you know, the, their, 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 you know, their energy system failed. The first thing he did is he t- attacked um, these renewable energy sources. All oh, those windmills froze. You know, and and he knew that 90 percent of their energy that they use in Texas now is oil oil and and coal or whatever. Right. He knew that. But but he but but see, that message went around. So all of a sudden I had these conservatives coming at me, you know, you know, you know, spouting all this stuff that, that, you know, just just the talking points yeah well you know this whole you know green new deal you know new green deal or whatever it is you know yeah look at how how is that going to work when when the solar panels freeze up what's going to happen in minnesota when you get these solar panels that are covered by snow you see so so it's it's messaging man and that's what i'm trying to say is you got you got a political party in this country that puts so much toxic lies you know just just falsehoods out there And their their people are so quick to grab a hold of those talking points and run with it. But see, it's right here.
0: The governor shoots himself in the foot with any thinking mind. Any thinking mind, he just shot himself in the foot. Because... You got to remember, Texas is an autonomous state when it comes to their power grid and their electricity. They did that in order to not compromise with green energy yeah. and, and to stay into their own veins so they could continue to use their own oil and whatnot. See what it got them? Now you see what happened. Are you going to listen to what he says? They will. Yeah, I mean, they, but if they do, then shame on them. Them are the people that are not going in the, and they're not feeding themselves. They're being fed. They're sitting there with their mouth open, and let somebody drop a worm, and they see they're not going hunting for information. See, Texas is in the trouble that they're in because they want to be the lone star state. I want to have. I want to be autonomous. I want to be able to shut off from the government at any time and run my grid, my system, my way. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, well, when you're not part of the group of people, how you can get yourself
1: into a pickle. But now they want and the group to fix it. They want they the federal want, they, government. Want, they want
0: everybody else to <laughs> fix it, man. But see, nobody else could offer any suggestions, see. Uh, I, I got I. Them people need help, man. And my heart says help them people, man. But. I will help you to a certain extent. Then I'm going to sit down at the, and sit at the table and say, these are the things you're going to have to do if you want to continue to reach out to me for help. You're going to have to make some changes.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, now to, they're talking about China. Yo, the transformers, the power grid comes from China. And now they're blaming Biden for that, for like the cheap, uh, <laughs> the cheap how, wiring. Well,
0: how long has Texas been autonomous? Long before Biden ever got into politics in Delaware. So if they would, would sit here, they, they would still be ter- uh, telling a false narrative and turning a blind eye and a deaf ear towards the situation and the problem. How do we get rid of this bootleg electrical company that we have running this autonomous thing? And how do we plug in with the rest of America, man, so we can ensure? See, what you could be doing at this point, Texas, man, you could be head and shoulders above everybody else. Get with the program a keep. What you got going to, and sell that energy, you could probably be selling that energy to Mexico. Open up the border. You could be selling because they got a terrible electrical grid. So yeah. you could be selling electric electricity there. And, that, and, if, and if the wall was that important, that would have been one way to do it without taxing me or you taking money from us, if that's what you really wanted to do. I don't think it's a good idea. But it would give you the opportunity to be a backup for different portions of the country. And then I would like to see, you know, maybe a, a quadrant like that down here, up here, over here, in case we had those emergencies. Because if you remember a while back, even the US grid went out, if I want to say in Cleveland, they had the brownout, is what they called it. A brownout back, I want to say Cleveland and uh, Ohio and in that area, mm. we had the brownout. See, what we do have that's good is not infallible. So when we put what we do have together, and not autonomously, but together, we layer safety switches within there. But everybody wants to get rich. Everybody wants to be the top dog. See, when we all want to play a role and not be the head, we work much better, and we can work much cheaper for mm-hmm. our citizens.
1: Yeah, I agree. What uh,
2: What was the next? What What else did you wanna? We kind of touched on a uh, big so. I mean environmental health and um, carbon footprint, especially just dealing with the inner city and our the uh even with the kids raising up, because I know I know a lot of kids, uh, especially uh our community and stuff like that, they' they like to explore, they're curious about science and stuff and animals and nature, but it's like somewhere over time, probably when they get to middle school or something, they lose that like sense of exploration and things, so building programs. To allow kids to keep in touch with nature man that that can be the generation to, to boost this uh this world into a better sustainable uh green planet and heal the planet and things like that so just doing that and also uh going back to environmental health I mean we already see that just how many factories industries and uh pollution firms and stuff are right in the <laughs> right in the hood or right in the right in the uh, heart of the city I mean I walk just not too far from the uh inner city area and it's like dude you can smell all the metals burning all types of stuff man like 10 minutes later i got a headache i ain't, i'm not i can't i need a dang uh where are those asthma the mm. asthma breather things cuz this i mean the inhaler. That, yeah inhaler and then uh the air quality you can even see the air quality is kind of hazy and fuzzy um and then you got the river too um so those that might might live along the river or just like a little uh water bank or something like that you smell just that that sulfur that boiled egg smell and different metals and stuff like that i mean water's not supposed to be smelling like that natural clean water maybe a little murkiness but not not that artificial Mm. stuff so it's like i mean that's that's affecting our health and we don't even even have affordable health care so that's another and you (laughs) see the
0: iridescent oil slick on top of it (laughs) where it's all blue and wavy and green Yeah. yeah
2: yeah So it's, um, I mean, I take the analogy of the, like of a fish tank. You, you change the quality of the fish tank, the water in there, see how, how the fish are going to be doing. And even each little thing, no matter if it's a snail, a lobster, a catfish, they all have an important role in the ecosystem. So when something, if a, even like something small, like a micro, uh, micro bacteria, if they end up dying or something like that, that can affect the whole system and affect us and our health. So it's important to even think about the little creatures and stuff, too.
0: Without a doubt, first thing they look for, man, when they try to see if an area is healthy or if an area is changing or if an area is uh, with heavy uh, pollution... They go pick up the animals next to the rivers and next to the wetlands and the ponds, man. And they look at the frogs that once had four limbs that now have six, eight limbs, man. Or they have a double head, three eyes. And, I mean, this is now not only just happening to the smaller, you know, uh, amphibians or little aquatic animals, man. You're starting to see this surface in our livestock, too. Yeah. It's In the livestock, too. This is one thing that my granny always used to say, and this is years before. Her, I, my problem was never her problem. I like to buy my food whole. I want to make sure the animal I'm eating from is healthy.
1: Right.
2: You, you don't
0: we, find we, much do you, whole. You, you find you, more f- food sectioned up in parts. Yeah.
1: Do you know what the you know? See, even though I'm a, I you know, I eat. I probably eat more meat than I should. You know, but uh, the 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 footprint of, and the damage that even grazing cows and how they have an impact on on I mean people are going to are going to think it's crazy but they do cows have cows have a negative impact on climate change as well you know they I mean they, they emit a lot of pollution and and it, and it causes and, and they the, the water that they damage you know I mean they damage millions and millions and millions of gallons of water every year.
2: Yeah, 15.5% of carbon emissions come from cattle and then uh, when they, even when they burp, they say it's like 200 metric tons of okay. emissions So they <laughs> and burping and farting I, and, I, and
0: I don't doubt that at all I don't doubt that at all But see the problem is man We have way too many farm animals here man Because we're over excessively eating meat man Which we're throwing right. That we're throwing yeah. 40 I believe the average American Throws 40% away of his food dollars They throw that right back in the trash So we're overproducing by At, at the very least that much And then within that 60% That we're not wasting There's some overconsumption going on With that being said man Farming See, because, you know, we have all these cows here, but are the cows actually out there grazing or are they sitting in these small stalls with their heads sitting through a bar, man, getting a bunch of feed?
2: stressed see, out and then you you're it. right yeah, exactly and, Not and only you only wonder with, why we, we get emotional and right but it, see what well,
0: that day i hadn't even got to that point man but you you you, yeah. you follow me follow me but what i'm saying is man where we normally would have five cows you know just pulling arbitrary numbers out there just to try we can wrap our head around it if we normally would have had five cows now we have 15 20 cows because of the uh farming see these five cows that are out here roaming around doing what they normally do they want to charge you more for a cow cow being organic and Mm free-range, for a cow being a cow, and then want to charge you less for the robot cow, we'll call it, you know what I'm saying, where I have 15 extra cows that I use from farming, birthing techniques, you know, shooting them full of needles and hormones and whatnot so I can get get more cows, man, so I can farm and I can sell more meat and this stuff. See, Mm -hmm. the balance is there. It's our greed, Mr. Greedy versus Mr. Green, not having a conversation, you now know. I have fifteen more animals on this earth than I should. See, so I'm not going to sit there and blame the cow
1: when the man. Of course, well, yeah, these, <laughs> no, these big factory farms, man, right. they, they they do a lot of damage. I was going to ask Wesley to kind of let, let you know talk to people about, um, you know, Wesley's made a, a couple of international. Um, trips in his in his young life, you know to honduras and and Costa rica and places like that and, and I know I think he was in Honduras and he was studying bats in their habitat and you know so you know let you know talk a little bit Wes, about about some of your experiences with with
2: that yeah, um yeah, I was in Honduras a few years back on an island called Utila. If you guys familiar with roatan that's a big scuba dive in and uh Olympic uh free diving spot. So it's real it's like the Cancun of Honduras or Miami if you guys like that vibe. But uh yeah, I did a lot of just different research uh snake herpetology and uh, bat chiropterotology. Um uh, so that's bat research and even like turtle patrols and stuff like that. And we stayed in a um a self-sustaining house off the grid. Um, fully uh, equipped with solar panels and stuff so we didn't even have like mainstream electricity and um, we ate a vegetarian diet and things like that but yeah it was even there um, you can see how the climate impacted just that little small island because there was a um, there was some hybridization going on which means mixing of the, of the iguanas and stuff there and some invasive species that were affecting the mangrove habitat mm-hmm. um, in that area And um, so I did some uh, I went to some schools and did some little educational um, little presentations on climate change um, to the middle school and elementary school there. And then they have a big recycling problem, uh, a trash problem, Mm -hmm. too, based off the ocean. You know how the ocean is, the trash litter. So we did a little project, um, had the students go collect uh, some litter and some trash that they might just throw away. And we made like musical instruments and created like a band. And so we used uh, we used some materials in their carnival, which is like the Mardi Gras of, of Latin America, and we made like a big uh, iguana stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, even climate change stuff is on even a little small island. So think about you living in a country, big country mm-hmm. or whatever. But that's uh, yeah. But isn't
0: this climate global? You know, global warming, climate change affecting a lot of people for color. Mm-hmm. I mean, being that you'll find people of color are more coastal, more li- low lying lands, you know, yeah. plains that are more floodable. And I mean, they have to be in these areas because it's how they work, it's how mm-hmm. they sustain their life. And the greed of one life, Mr. Greedy, Mr. Green, is. Why you keep pointing my way when, when well, you say I say greedy, no, man? No, <laughs> it would apply. No, I'm playing with no, 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 man, don't, don't do that, man. No, 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 I, ain't, I ain't going at you not yet. But. Uh, <laughs> But it's that, uh, you know, I want to live this really luxurious lifestyle, man. But me alone affect 20 other families. Mm -hmm. You know, my waste takes away from 20 other families. My excess takes away from 20 other families, man. When is the big guy going to look low at the little guy, man, with an... With empathy in his heart.
1: Yeah, that's and that's is crazy too. Is that possible? What
2: is that possible? That's crazy too, cause uh, even on that little teeny island, guess who was running the electricity uh, monopoly thing? Somebody Written from Duke? Dutch. The uh, not Dutch, the Do- not the Deutsche Bank, but but just the Dutch, uh, shell, yeah. the Dutch shell. Probably yeah, it, was, it was just some it was just some Dutch guy some uh some guy that's not even native from there running. Lead, and then as soon as if he get, if he gets happens. he gets mad at the locals, the little the natives, flips switch. yeah, flips the switch and the host. I mean that happened a lot of times. Like we'd be out of electricity, the town be out of electricity for like three days or like a few days or something because oh the guy's mad. I'm he like, wants to punish
0: he, grown folk.
2: Yeah, I'm like you ain't even from there. You you got the nerve be trying to control something. Well, I mean you think about it you know if if things continue on the uh,
1: trajectory that it's on and and you know we, we we continue to to you know warm up the earth and all these flooding of these coastal cities and stuff happen you know i mean it, that's what bothers me or cracks me up about people that don't think that this stuff impacts them because when the, you know when thing now the rich are the ones contributing the most to this emissions to the emissions that we that we're dealing with whether it's the big factories or or digging for oil or whatever you know fracking or whatever but when push comes to shove who do you think is going to pay the brunt of the of the of the the cost is, you know, it's going to be the poor people. It's going to, you know what I'm saying? Because the are rich, rich. Wherever they go, they're going to take the prime real estate, the, the, the safest real estate.
0: That dynamic won't change until our minds change. You know what I'm saying? That has been the thing. See, we go to work from 9 to 5, man. We get up early in the morning, but we ain't the ones getting rich. See, we the ones driving the economy while somebody else is, you know, is driving the Cadillac, you know. Mm-hmm. He's driving a golf cart as we drive to work or home to or from work. You know, we cash a paycheck, man, as his portfolio gets fat. Mm
1: -hmm. See,
0: that dynamic hasn't changed, man. The world rests on our shoulders. And once we realize that and we start channeling and demanding and having, you know, sitting at that table where our money and our thoughts and our ideals drive that money back into our community and not just into his pocket, into his family's education, to his his, his, uh, family's vacations, homes, you know, multiple homes. you know higher education see i'm trying to eat and he's trying to buy another home
2: like you said, one word: community. No. Right. <laughs> right.
0: You yeah. always go hear that come out of me. You know, community—people that have something in common that need to be united. Community. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, common right.
1: unity. Now I do. I, I, I you know, the the lines wait for people waiting to get water down in Texas is I'm telling you, I, I really man believe that, that that what's getting ready to happen, man, is all of these things that we just never thought could happen grand years ago. Yeah. Together. It, they're they're going to start happening more and more often, and 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 so many people have this this mindset that they look at these little things as just a little small setback, a little small temporary happen you know happens that something just happens. It's
0: starting to, it's starting to happen too. Much, it, like but it's say, starting
1: it, to happen too frequently. And what happens when it's not just Texas, but it's it's. Twenty states that, mm-hmm. that are dealing with something like this. The whole southeast, all the way up to the mid-Atlantic states. You know, they're all mm-hmm. dealing with some storm that came I through. Agree. That, that 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 caused all caused this. I mean, I, you know, eventually, if we continue to continue, if we continue to do the things that we're doing, we are going to mm-hmm. push this system to a a, bring, a breaking mm-hmm. point we're where we won't edge. be able to bring it back.
0: I agree, I, man, I agree You couldn't, man, I put it like this Thanks for saying what I was trying to say much better Because that's exactly what I, I, I'm saying We're going to have a problem that we're able It's a big problem that we're able to put our hands on right around now, uh, around it now and do something about it. Where 20, 30 years from now, man, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be the the beast will be unleashed then. We got
1: 50 million people in this country that probably still think Donald Trump won the election, man. I mean, (laughs) you know, like I I said, we wrap
0: our mind around it. See, that's that's, that mind Mm -hmm. thing I was talking about, man. The the mind is messed up for a variety of reasons. Alcohol, drugs, women, they're trying to take money, Trump. Trump, Donald J. Trump. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? You, the mind is messed up for multiple reasons, but until we wrap our mind around the things that are going that we can do collectively mm-hmm. as a community, common unity. Till we get to that point, we're going to push this thing right off this, right off the edge. You know,
2: but there's a lot of people, especially when I know in our community that. They ain't trying to do nothing, and they they say like even with this, they say, "Oh man, Steve, you're talking about community, man, keep it up, keep doing." Right. But they ain't trying to do nothing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I ain't I'm seen them nowhere, shit. man.
0: Every time I go to sub, man, it be crickets. It'd be me, yeah. you, your dad, a couple
2: other people, a bunch of crickets. Then they be complaining, with something. That's, see, that's what we need to unite. We need mm-hmm. to get together. I'm tired of, but you ain't out there the mm-hmm. Where are all these? Well, that's another it, thing. We're all these yeah, leaders. It, yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, it sounds good, man. You know, you know, when you abnegate, you know." Your physical abilities, you know, the physicality, man, we can't just think and talk, man. If we ain't moving our feet and doing those things, see, it's wintertime, we have COVID. You know, during this time, I would be in the streets doing something. I would be over there unlocking the door over there on 36, man. So, you know, come on in. Let's sit down. I'd be cooking and we'd be breaking bread. I'd be over here somewhere. I'd be somewhere volunteering, giving something away. I'd be packing food somewhere. Mm -hmm. See, those are the type of things that I want to do. And I like those things, but even those things that I mentioned need to be channeled back in. See, I'm packing food and stuff that's going to another country. I got people that right here in Hungary yeah I'm looking at the hungry faces and hearing stomachs growling right here, so I got to figure out, yeah, that's good work, Steve, but I got to find out how I can bring it closer to home. I got to reel it in some you know great thing to be doing, but make it more impactful to the community that you say you want to change
2: yeah, so, yeah the how do you think uh how do you think you can reduce your carbon footprint or bring uh bring things back to the community? Like Steve was saying. Well, um
1: see, you know, I don't you know, I don't know what you know i really don't know what it is that i that i personally could do you know what i'm saying i mean yeah i can i can sit here and say hey maybe i can get a a non-gas powered lawnmower or i can i can drive a smaller vehicle or i can do that and do that you know this but i i don't know i don't i really don't know you know and i would like for you to give me some some uh, suggestions and things that i can do You know, from here, you know, I don't know if it I mean, because I've heard people say, hey, you know, turn down the temperature on your water heater, you know, do little things like that. You know, don't Mm -hmm. uh, don't run. Don't, you know, use lights, use more energy efficient light bulbs Mm -hmm. in your house and, you know, don't turn lights on unless you're in the room or, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, there's little things that I think we all know. But but for me personally, because, you know, I, I don't know that I do a lot to contribute but i i guess that you know if we all do our little part it probably would make you know things a little better you know i'm sure that my you know the the stuff that i th- just throw away in the trash all the time you know just just you utilizing less trash you know when i'm when i'm somewhere you know be conscious of 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 the even the products that I buy, how are they, you know, are they in a, in metal cans, you know, maybe I maybe they need to start putting food in more biodegradable products instead of putting them in metal cans, you know. So, there, I mean, of course, there's things, but I don't know what it is that, that I that I personally can do
0: things that I've done told you getting work done on the kitchen found that there's a kitchen light that I can buy for $20, man, that I can hardwire into my thing that's an LED light, man, that uses far much less energy, and I don't have to buy light bulbs anymore. And uh, the fixture is, I think, good for, what, 10 years or more? And I'll never have to buy another light bulb. That'll bring my bill down, and I won't be contributing to light bulb waste, you know what I mean? so the production of the that yeah. my food see that's, that's that's the one thing me y'all know I love to cook man and I don't cook a little either man I cook so what I do now is I haven't stopped doing that but I do that differently I make a, I'm eating smaller portions now so I still make the same big meal but I have a portion smaller I make sure that I get that
2: frozen you know that I have it you know all that you grilling
1: know. you do you're putting all kinds of emissions up in there with them charcoal man yeah, well that's why when I got it going <laughs> so man you, you
2: can event like uh, green charcoals or something I, mm-hmm. well, I don't
0: know, know. <laughs> I, I ain't like, man, my, I'm, I'm pretty cold on the grilling I ain't looking to change nothing in that arena yeah, because my is on is on point I'll bring y'all some next time but uh, yeah but, but but I do that differently if I do spark that grill up I use far less charcoal You, I've already told you how I how I, grow. I use far less charcoal than I normally do. I'll cook more things when I'm on the grill, but then I make sure that I portion them out. I have them dated and, and frozen and lined up so I don't have to do that again. And then I'm going to give some of that away. I'm going to bring you some or I'm going to bring somebody some as well. So that's a time that there's, there's, I'm taking moments that I'll be turning the oven on, grilling broiling, baking, or whatever, I reduce the amount of times that I'll be doing that by cooking for real one day, but making multiple meals, and then those meals can also be repurposed into other ones. And then I make sure I give some of those away. That's a day that somebody else doesn't have to cook. I do have an electric lawnmower, you know. Oh, do you? How's did, how's or, that working? Me, I have an electric snowblower. Oh, I have a I have a gas lawnmower because my my yard is so huge, man. In the back,
2: you got you got one of those ride.
0: Those, no, those, that's next, man. Two, you know, I, I I'm now hurdling. I'm getting closer to sixty. Now I feel comfortable enough that I've earned the ability to ride while I lo- ride my <laughs> lawnmower. See, I've been pushing it. Well, my son's been pushing it, man, for a while now. But I will. Uh, I want to invest in one, but I would like to get one that I can yeah. charge up. And ride around. So those are the things. And the type of car I drive is a car. It's not a hybrid yet, but I got a car that's not. We can consider the gas guzzler yeah. intentionally.
2: Well, yeah, what suggestions like do you have for people west to? to um, well, you guys are already doing it. I mean, you guys be surprised how much you're, you're reducing your footprint by doing. Bit. Yeah, just doing that. It takes the individual. I mean, you ain't got to s- literally switch your whole life and be living in a cave or nothing but uh just it's the small things even just like watching what you consume like going out shopping instead of watching what you consume um if if you live close you just want to go to the store man be like Hey, i'm gonna take the bike today that's exercise breathing in the air just little things like that um i know for me it's a little crazy but um like when i'm brushing my teeth in between like brushing and stuff i just turn off the water mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't even footprint. I just i don't know why i do it i just do it Mm. But I, I do just save but water and stuff waste, like that. It, yeah, it's, it's smart. And even I'd probably say the biggest thing is like just food waste. It ain't even so much what you're cooking and prepping. It's just the food waste. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked in a, a cafeteria hospital. It's like, man, we're throwing away, shoot, 50 pounds a day. It's like, I mean, where's... At least get, save this and give it to to the commuter or whatever. Take mm-hmm. it home. But any fast food, waste, food yeah.
0: restaurant, if they don't sell that food at the end of the night, as opposed to just giving it away. And I can kind of understand. You don't want you know people lined up man you know that you know might not have the right look or feel for your neighborhood you know and i hate to say that because everybody should be loved you know what i mean but certain things make people feel a certain type of way and if you got a bunch of people coming into your neighborhood looking for free food at the end of the night i can see where that can cause a problem but man it pains me to see these places just throw it away and then locked the garbage So you can't get it
2: you, this, well, <laughs> yeah. I was at a rest stop In KFC They were closing I mean they had They made fresh chicken Like the three three racks uh-huh. And it's like They they're like Oh we're about to throw this away I'm like y'all about to throw This is like A whole day's worth of chicken And stuff You guys throwing it away And they do that every day mm-hmm. It's like man But uh Yeah so that's one thing And even just joining A little green club mm-hmm. uh, They got a lot of little things Around communities and stuff Planting trees And gardens in the Little parks and all that, so different things like that. Forgot so
0: yeah. my wife added a component, she added it this week or last week. Imperfect food. Oh yeah, what's that? Imperfect food—food
1: food that's not good enough to go on the shelf. Right, so it doesn't look scurrying. good. You
0: know, instead of your carrot being straight, your carrot's crooked like that. Got a lump in it or something it like is. that. So we're going to try that. We're going to try a few boxes of that as well. And it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of produce, but you know, we we know how to can. We know how to repurpose that stuff. We know how to chop up and cook. Between my wife and I, we can we can cover a, a majority of that stuff. So we're going to start and plus she has a friend that's just like can can the canning queen
1: man imagine if imagine if you can um if you could get the you know community gardening man where like you get a block like the block I live on here uh uh-huh. and you you have uh you know, five or six different houses that that grow two vegetable, two different types of vegetables each. They would take care One of the whole pers- neighborhood. Yeah, you they they could feed the whole block. You know, okay, I'll grow the carrots and the tomatoes, or and I'll grow the green beans and the and the broccoli or whatever. Imagine if you could do if you could create some kind of mindset that people you know looked at each other. How about going back to that mindset? Well, I'm sure. No, I, well, I'm sure that it was that way. But you know, it's like for me, I, I do. I find it so easy to just go to Cub Foods or go to whatever grocery store in whatever city you live in, mm-hmm. and just just pick pick stuff out. When if if, if you could, I mean, because I know like part of Wesley's education was 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 farming and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he went to the like the agricultural school over at the University uh-huh. of Minnesota. So all of a sudden here he was buying a greenhouse, and you know he wanted mm-hmm. to do all this planting and stuff in the backyard you know and and for me i i i mean it and i see i see value in that now where maybe 10 years ago i really i probably didn't you know but i mean with the way the world is today if P, you know it would it would be nice to see you know communities come together and say hey you know we, we we can feed our own community you know by 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 growing our own stuff nobody has you know you talk about gmo you know these are all organic products that people are are, are growing for themselves mm-hmm. While you can.
0: Yeah. While you can, you should. Uh that's the one thing about Eva, guests that we've had on here. Yeah. Eva and Rob. Not only do they have their own garden that they feed people out of, couple of the places that Eva works at or volunteers at. The young lady has started up gardens outside those places.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is a mindset of hers, man, that her and her husband do that I think is just beautiful. And then they got the kids off into it. So now it goes on to another yeah. generation. You know, those those type of things are like healthy additives to the community. But that imperfect food thing, I'm going to get a few boxes of that and see what I can do with that. You know, as far as, like I said, the canning, the cooking. Um, why should that food just be left on the shelf waiting, you know,
2: they for, matter, too. To, to spoil,
0: you know, <laughs> just because it doesn't look good. So yeah. now, you you know, man, it's almost like that dating thing we was talking about, man. You know, this carrot here, I'm willing to pay more for it because it looks good on the outside, mm-hmm. man. And it probably doesn't have the same nutrition as the crooked carrot does, you know. The crooked carrot might have better insides than this outside. Yeah. And, then, you agree. know, carrots and carrots and carrot, right? Yeah. So I want to try this and see how I can implement this here. But when I do this and I jump in with both feet and let's say I do it for the next two or three years, what did I, what have I just done to the people that are going grocery shopping at the store? Did I just drive their prices up because I'm no longer buying from that, you know, off of those shelves? Did I just make their produce just go up? You know, 20, 30, 40%, because now I'm choosing to do a different avenue. Mm -hmm. Because you know, Mr. Grocery Store ain't ready to close or reduce his price. He's going to raise his prices as much as he can to keep that store open, right? But if I start doing things here, how do I impact that person, let's say, has an EBT card or food stamps or whatever you want to call it? How if I just shorten the length of their dollar, their food dollar? Yeah. I would hope, would love to encourage them to come in here, cause there's another place called uh, with other than imperfect food. There's a place called I want to say it's called Boxes of Love too, and then there's another one downtown that uh, they meet in the Skyway when they do their farmers market in the Skyway, where it's a where you get a box of produce and stuff too. But these are ways where you can eat locally, eat healthy, and keep that local farmer close to you keep them close to you and at your table and on your table so these are three things where the community is helped so i don't know where the guy who owns the big chain grocery stores is you know yes. lives you know but you
2: build a connection with that with that
0: farmer down the road as soon as i take a couple of turns if i just drive 30 40 minutes and take a turn or two i'm right at his door right at the garden
2: give you a tour so, yeah. and pick
0: it up and come home we've been talking about even going at as far as our meat as well
2: that's good yeah um
1: well do you have anything else you want
2: to add Wes I think that's uh that's really about it you guys should have a, a, a segment on hunt hunting Mm-hmm. pro hunting versus
0: uh <laughs> hey i'm all about that you know i can give you a quick one on it man when i see uh when i see these people out here running around attacking people who have fur coats on and whatnot man talk about their vegetarians they don't believe in fair fur coats and all this stuff man but then i see them with a you don't eat any meat but you have a leather wallet you have a leather belt you have leather car seats you have a leather coat you have leather shoes you know all that leather came from some meat, right? See, however, if I see somebody who has a rabbit a coat on a rabbit fur and they eat rabbit, by all means, you're entitled to wear that coat because you didn't waste. See, that's my thing. If you're hunting and you just want the biggest rack of horns up there on the, on, the, on the wall and you don't eat deer meat, you don't eat no moose, you don't eat no elk, I got a problem with that.
1: Well, I got a problem with hunting, you know. Regardless, so my, you know, but what I was—I just wanted to say one more thing. You know, I'm—I just, just wanted to like, when 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 we were growing up, do you remember like how long could you stand out in front of your house in the evening time and not get bit by a million mosquitoes? I'm just wondering, have you noticed the 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 serious reduction in mosquito? I don't get bit by mosquitoes in the city anymore. I mean, have you there,
0: noticed that? You know, I have a good reason for why you're not getting bit. Why is that? Because mosquitoes be looking for blood. Mosquito bite you, you gonna get straight gravy, man. You going to get
1: no blood. You going to get gravy, man. No, nah, no, nah, bro. No, nah,
0: I, I do. There, but there's a. The, the scientists have gone around and they've sprayed a lot of these places. I know, where but they but, come but that, through.
1: But that again, that that's that's creating that's creating pollution. That that's affecting the climate and the ecosystem as well because Very well like like, be. like I was listening to this program one day and they and they were saying how the migratory bird population
2: That's has solid. dropped
1: like like 60 70% in some species of birds. I don't doubt I mean, that. You know, so so you know cuz you like even something as 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 much of a nuisance as a mosquito they, like Wesley was saying a little while ago everything has a role blowing. in the in the ecosystem. So even though mosquitoes are a nuisance to us, mosquitoes feed so many different birds, and you know what I'm saying? Mm,
0: those bats he was studying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, when you really think about, uh, you know, because the, I mean, what I, I guess my point of bringing all this up is there's so much out there in front of us every single day that proves to us that climate change is real. You know, because like I said, there's nobody that that grew up up here that's my age that's gonna say the mosquitoes. Are even close to what they were forty well, you know, years hey, ago.
0: What did we call? What would? We, what did we call the mosquito? Minnesota State Bird. Exactly, because it would light you behind up, yeah. especially anytime you went northeast, west, south of the city. You really got ate up. I mean, I mean you still you get
1: that. You still get out in the world. Yeah, area, but, but still, not,
0: man, it's not like like you said, where you have not upon knot upon knot, where you been, where you've been bit over and over and over again, man. I mean, you got three layered knocks, and you know I ain't lying, man. You <laughs>
2: See a little black cloud following you,
0: right? Pretty much, I'm, man. No, I'm telling you, man. even go run,
2: even gnats. You, I mean, I don't see gnats
1: around anymore.
0: Man, you go running, man. I was fixing to say you used to go running, man, and you would spend your whole time. <sighs> You got to spit the bugs out, man. There'd be so many bugs around, man. And like you said, no, they're not. But I know that they've sprayed for those things, man. But like you say, what is going to be the generational effect decade after decade, man? Because it is a food source. Yeah, it irritates us, but it's a food source that drives everything else around us because the bats play a part in that as well. That flying rat that we do not like, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, plays a big part of the entire merry-go-round that is the ecosystem the trees the bats the mosquitoes the birds you know every a whole lot of things that we do not like you know and that's why the the invasive species things and plants that you'd mentioned in earlier is a very important part that you got to pay a part of Mm -hmm. you know if you live in minnesota you really have no business with uh let's say trying to have a bowl constrictor You know what I'm saying Because now it has no quality of life First off you know That's a wild animal Mm -hmm. You ain't got no business with It's not a cat or a dog That's been domesticated For tens of thousands of years You know what I'm saying I want I I like that I want that You know Everything we want Everything we want to do Is not something that we need Or should be doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying You know Everything we set our eyes on Is not for us We are to take care of it To be responsible for it but to own it, to lord over it, we're we stepping out of bounds. And it, and it comes back and bites us every every year. Just think about it as kids when we were growing up, man. The first big shock for us was uh, Dutch Elm. Because mm-hmm. you could go up and down the streets over north, over south, man. And the only time that the trees didn't connect, man, is when you were downtown. As soon as you got to a certain point of the other side of downtown, riding through the streets of south Minneapolis was like riding through a tunnel. If you went down Chicago Park, Portland, or something like that. It's a big canopy. Same, yeah. same thing when you was riding down Emerson, Fremont, you know what I mean? Except for Lindale. Even Penn was like that a little bit, you know, in certain areas once you got further up or down. But, you know, you, the trees were so lush. Then... We got the Dutch Elm disease and cut all them trees down. The story I like to tell about the trees falling over not having the deep roots. Now we come through here, we got
2: this, the, the, and from and from the ash, the ash, ash borer. Yeah, right. They say they can knock out all the ash trees. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's always us wanting to bring and plant other things here. Oh, I want to be so different. I'm going to bring this here. Deal with what you got in your environment and stop bringing these other things here that negatively impact the environment that we have. That's that taking four or five steps back before you can take one forward.
2: Well, you remember when they, a couple months ago, that those seeds from China came in, those mysterious they people trying to plant those? Mm-hmm yeah Some well they from china right trees. Yeah. for trees well, uh, i don't know what it the came season. in like a little package right. with chinese writing it's, it, it, people tell me don't plant them but there was people that
0: planted them. them and stuff but this yeah. it could be another one of those things it could be you're looking for a cucumber but it's a strain or type of cucumber man it kills out all other cucumbers that's here you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you have to be careful about what you're doing those seeds they grew and harvested in china okay leave them there you want, if you can have a, a way to control that as far as going to a restaurant too, if you want to enjoy that type of fare, fine. But don't start planting this on the ground, in the earth, in this area here, man, that... That impacts not only you, your neighbors, the community. You know, I have a problem with that. If you want to have your own greenhouse or do grow it in your house, fine. But when you plant, start planting it out here where it can just the wind can blow and blow seeds three, four, five blocks away, I have a problem with that because now you're making decisions that you're well worth to make. But when they start to impact me, when, you, when the crap that falls on your shoes you're wiping on my carpet, I didn't have a problem with that. Well, within your right to make it, but do it responsibly and maturely that what you do, you're doing it. And I I don't have to do it myself or accept it. I don't have to feel like it's being crammed down my throat. And that's my thought. (laughs) Whatever you're doing, drinking, smoking, whatever you choose to do, fine, do it. Close your door, do what you want to do. Don't let it impact the kids of the neighborhood and don't let it impact me. Wipe your dirty shoes on your carpet, not mine.
1: Yep. So is that it? You guys have anything else?
0: Do I have something else? You know, you' talking to.
1: I can rub my mouth all day. <laughs> you, you're right today. about that.
0: <laughs> I'm done. I time out. Yeah,
2: I think I'm probably done. All right. Well, I
1: think that will uh, conclude another episode of Dialogue to Destiny. You know, um, just to I, I know for some people, a topic about science and things like that might not be, you know, so sexy to them. But this is the, the part of what we want to do on this show is get out information as well. You know, we want to educate educate the um the you know the people that. Listen to this, and, and bring some information that they may not be aware of to them. So we can
2: um, always talk about conspiracies, Bill Gates, and the vaccinations, and chemtrails, yeah, and oh. uh, the, the weather system they got in Alaska, and all, uh. we can talk about
1: that too. You know, um, but. You know just um just to you know let you guys know that's that's kind of what our objective here is at dialogue to destiny you know we we have our shows where we where we get it about certain issues but we also have shows you know that um that you know we were just trying to bring information you know i want to thank wesley for coming on giving us a little bit of expertise on on, on his uh field of study and once again steve you know a good conversation today but uh as for this podcast, I think we'll just go ahead and end it there. Thank you. Peace. So
0: like and yeah. subscribe. Yeah, I was gonna say like to subscribe, throw in some topic matters, whatever you see what I
1: what is